You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke chapter 2 in your Bibles, there are several Christmas uh, accounts that we often look at. We often look at Luke chapter 2 and uh, the the story of Joseph and Mary journeying to Bethlehem because of the, the taxation. And uh, we, we know about the shepherds. They, they got the message and they came. And uh, I love that. And I'll, I'm sure I'll preach about that here before the Christmas season is over. Um, and then we have the account in Matthew chapter 2 and the account of the wise men. You have Jesus and the manger and the shepherds, but then by the time the wise men got there, the Bible says that they came to the house and they saw uh, Mary and the young child. We don't know exactly how much time took place. Uh, It is possible that Jesus at that time was a year old. He may have been even as much as two years old because the command of Herod when he was trying to figure out how old the baby was. It was the baby's two years and under that he commanded to be killed. And so we don't know exactly how old Jesus was, but he wasn't still a tiny baby. He wasn't still in the manger uh, by the time the wise men got there, but he was in a house and he was a little bit older than a newborn baby. But when you get to Luke chapter 2 and you see the story of the, uh, the angels and the uh, shepherds, Then you get to verse number 21, and the Bible says, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Remember, we saw that in Matthew chapter 1, where the angel told Joseph, And thou shalt call his name Jesus. The angel said, This is the name. And indeed, Joseph Uh, uh, named this baby. He named him Jesus. So then we get to uh, this chapter here and we see that they are going to the temple when Jesus is still a baby before the wise men come. And we see in verse number 25, they, they went to offer sacrifices in the temple. And it says in verse 25, behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. So Jesus is just a little over a week old. And they're taking him to the temple. And there is a man by the name of Simeon in the temple. We're going to talk about him, not tonight, but I'm sure I'll I'll talk about him in the next week or so. Uh, It's an amazing story that we often forget at Christmas time. But Simeon, the Bible says, the same man was just and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Now that's an amazing statement right there because... The Holy Ghost had not yet descended at Pentecost that we read about in the book of Acts. But in the Old Testament and before the the, the time of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would come upon people from time to time. Remember the story of Samson. The Bible says, and the the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and he had that superhuman strength. And, And we see at times that the Spirit of the Lord came and the Spirit of the Lord departed. Well, the Spirit of the Lord is with Simeon. What an amazing man. In verse 26, it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 
Simeon got a promise. The Holy Spirit told Simeon, Simeon, you will not die until you see the Messiah. Wow. You know what Simeon did? He hung on to that promise. And you know what's amazing? He believed it. So much so that when Mary and Joseph showed up in the temple with that baby Jesus, Simeon, verse number uh, 27, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. The Holy Spirit said, it's time to go to the temple, Simeon. There's somebody at the temple I want you to see. There's somebody that you need to know about. And so Simeon, by the Spirit, he was uh, uh, brought to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And I won't read all these verses here. It's powerful. I, I don't know if Simeon asked permission. <laughs> I don't know if he gave them any warning, but the Bible tells us that Simeon took baby Jesus in his arms and he said, I got to hold this guy. I've got to have this guy in my arms. This is the baby. This is the one that the Holy Spirit said, I would see this Messiah before I died. And he said, Lord, you can take me now. Now uh, you can let me depart in peace because I have seen thy salvation. And what a powerful, powerful story. And Simeon blessed them, verse 34, and uh, just an amazing account of what took place in the temple. But I want to draw your attention to verse number 36. Here is a, a woman that I have not preached about uh, an entire message. I referenced this woman uh, back in uh, April when we had the funeral service for Miss Drew Barlow. And uh, I miss, I sure miss Miss Drew, don't you? What a wonderful lady. And as I read these verses, I think you'll see why I use some of these truths in talking about Miss Drew. But here it says in verse 36, there was one Anna. You know, the name Anna means grace. That's a good name, isn't it? And here Anna is in the temple and she's about to lay her eyes on Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Anna, the Bible says, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was of a great age. Now, that's a, that's a diplomatic way of saying that she was old, right? She was of a great age. And then later on, the Bible tells us exactly how old she was, but she was of a great age. And she had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years. I, I believe that that is her age, that she was 84. I believe that what the, from what the Bible says here, that she'd been married for seven years. Her husband died and she remained a widow for all the rest of that time. So here she is, 84 years old. And the Bible says she departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. The Bible says in verse 36 that she was a prophetess. The Old Testament records several situations where there were women that stood up and proclaimed a message from God. You say, well, well, well why was that? Well, in some cases, it's because the men 
we're not doing it. Remember Deborah in the book of Judges? The Bible calls her a prophetess. Well, you know what she did? She did something and she took a stand when the men were too scared to. And we get to the New Testament, of course, and we find that uh, for a pastor, the Bible says that uh, a pastor, uh, a bishop is the husband of one wife. And it's hard to be the husband of one wife if you're not a man. So we know that the pastoral qualifications is that it must be a man. We know that the New Testament teaches that it is to be a man that is the one that is standing up in front of a congregation preaching the Word of God. Nothing wrong with ladies teaching Sunday school. There's nothing wrong with, 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 with ladies in ministries and with children and all those things or ladies with ladies ministries. Nothing wrong with that. But the New Testament shows us what God's plan is for the church and for that setting. But here, I, we're not going to discredit the fact that Anna was a prophetess. She was proclaiming messages from God. Uh, she was a woman that God was using and, and, and God uh, places a great blessing upon her life and upon her testimony. The name Anna means grace. Uh, I, of course, my wife is not Anna. My wife is Joanna. Uh, the name Joanna means God is gracious. And I thank the Lord for my wife. He was very gracious in giving me a wonderful wife. And I thank the Lord for her. But Anna was a prophetess. She was the daughter of Phanuel. We don't know really much about her father, but we know his name, Phanuel. It comes from the Old Testament name, Peniel. That was the name of the place where Jacob wrestled with God. And at the end of his wrestling with God, he named that place Peniel because that name means the face of God. And Jacob said, I have seen the face of God and I have lived. This is not the message tonight, but I want to say this. Every Christian, every, every born again child of God ought to have a desire to know God and to seek his face. We, we have, we have a, a relationship with God many times that it, it is so distant. It is, it is so far away that we really don't know God because we don't really get close to him. Uh, can I tell you, it's hard to see. I can, I can see brother, uh, brother Wade and I can see Brother Perry on that back row. I can see him here, but I, I couldn't tell you a lot of, uh, of characteristics. I couldn't give you a lot of descriptions about them unless I get closer to them. And as God's people, may we seek the face of God. Here is Anna and her, her father's name uh, literally reminded her of we want to see God's face. We want to know God. We want to walk with God. We want to fellowship God. Uh, we want to have a relationship with God that's more than just once a week, more than just once a month, more than just once a year. We want to have a relationship with God that is so real that we know Him and we walk with Him and we see Him face to face. She was of the tribe of Asher. Asher, of course, was one of the sons of Jacob and the name Asher simply means blessed. I tell you this, we have been blessed. God has been so good to us. And I believe Anna felt and realized that God had been good in her life even though she had experienced great hardship. Look at verse number 36 again. The Bible says that she was of great age and had lived with an husband for seven years from her virginity and she was a widow. Can I tell you, if you're married for 
seven years and your husband dies, that's not what you expect. I think about the Wrights. Their daughter, Kimberly, got married last Saturday in California, married Daniel. And you know, they got married last Saturday and their plan is to live a long time and to grow old together. That would be the desire of any person. But Anna experienced a great tragedy. After being married for just seven years, and, and as a young lady, uh, being married for seven years, her husband dies. And yet, here, here we are. She's 84 years old, and she's still serving God. She's not bitter. She's not mad at God. And can I tell you, I've not experienced losing a spouse. Some of you have in this room. And I can't tell you how that feels. I can't tell you how you feel because I've not experienced and I, I hope and pray I don't. And uh, my wife and I, we often talk about it and I say if, if she passes before me, I'll probably just crawl in the grave with her. You know, I just, and, and by the way, that's how some of you still feel after you've lost a spouse. But here's what the Bible says is that life didn't end for Anna. Yes, she had a heartache. Yes, she had a tragedy. And yes, it was a long time, a lot of grief and a lot of sorrow. But she departed not from the temple. But she served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Now, let me, let me put this plug in. Sometimes we think that serving God means that we have to be standing up in front of somebody and teaching a class. And I thank God for the teachers we have in this, in this uh, church. Uh, I thank God for the teachers we have in the school. But did you know serving God is not something that has to be done in front of a crowd? Did you know serving God? You're serving God. You're not serving everybody else. You're serving God. And the Bible describes Anna's service as she was serving God with fastings and prayers. You may be here tonight and you say, Pastor, that's about all I can do. That's a great thing to do. Maybe you're watching the service online because you can't be in church. Maybe you're listening tonight on the radio and you say, I'd give anything if I could sing in a choir again. I'd give anything to work on a bus ride again. I'd give anything to work in a nursery again. I'd give anything to do those things. I can't do those things. Well, you can be upset and you can complain and you can be bitter about all the things you can't do or you can find something you can do and do it for the honor and glory of God. And that's exactly what Anna did. She said, nobody sees my prayers, nobody sees my fastings, but God does. And I'm going to be faithful to serve God with fastings and prayers night and day. This is not what somebody said about Anna. This was not a report that came from the church like, yeah, Anna tells us she prays a lot. You know, she posts on Facebook, you know, uh, uh, been praying a lot today. Oh no, this is what God had to say about Anna. God says that she served him with fastings and prayers night and day. That is serving God, let me tell you. But it says in verse number 38, and she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Now here, here's, here's the story. The story is Mary and Joseph have taken Jesus and they've taken their sacrifices to the temple and they are there with baby Jesus in the temple and Simeon comes by. And Simeon, let me have that little guy. I want to hold, I don't know how it, I don't know how it happened. You, know, you just have to use your imagination. But anyway, before it's done, Simeon's got baby Jesus in his arms. 
And next thing you know, he is blessing uh, the Lord and he is praising the Lord and he is talking to Mary and Joseph. And then Anna comes in. Now, I think that Anna and Simeon, I think they were they were acquaintances. I think they knew each other. I think they'd both been serving God together in the temple. And I just I believe now the Bible doesn't say this, but I believe that Anna probably knew what Simeon was looking for. Because the Holy Spirit had told Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the Messiah. And what better place to see Jesus than in church? And what better place to find the Son of God than right there in the temple? And for Simeon and for Anna, they're serving God. They're, they're, they're not together, but they're both in the temple. Anna comes on the scene. Simeon's holding baby Jesus. He's talking to Mary and Joseph. And Anna comes in. And the Bible tells us a little bit about her. And then it says this in verse 38. She coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. That is my introduction. Now let me give you in a few moments, let me give you the thought that God gave me that I want to share with you tonight from the life of Anna. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us and I pray that you'd help me to deliver this truth and may it be helpful, may it be powerful and I pray that we would examine our own hearts and our own lives and may we not miss what you have for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. The word I want you to see here is the word instant. Now the word instant in the book of Romans has the idea of being devoted or being diligent. The Bible talks about being instant in prayer, being devoted to prayer. But in this case, the word instant means a certain time, a definite time, a point of time, a moment in time. This word instant in the Greek is literally the word where we get the word hour. What this is saying is that Anna comes in and at that moment, she was ready to respond. She sees Jesus. And she doesn't get all flustered and, oh, no, what am I going to do? I think she'd already thought about it. I think she'd probably rehearsed it. I think she thought, I tell you what, Simeon, if you ever see Jesus, I want to see him too. And if I see him, let me tell you the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to start thanking God that I got to see him. But the Bible says that in that instant, the Bible tells us in Luke 22, if you want to turn, I just want you to see this. I'm not going to stay here long but I want you to see this. The Bible says in Luke 22 that when Jesus was about to be crucified, Jesus said to those who had come against him, he said, when I was daily with you, Luke 22, 53, when I was daily with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour. You know what Jesus was saying to those that came to take him away to be crucified? He said, this is your hour, this is your instant, this is your moment, this is your opportunity. And certainly, they took advantage of their opportunity, did they not? You know, it's amazing that the devil knows that he has a short time. It's amazing that people in this world who are wicked and hate God and hate the Bible and hate Christianity, they're not missing many opportunities, are they? It's like they're seizing the opportunities. It's like they're trying to take as much ground and take as much as they can from God's people. I want to tell you something. 
This is not just the hour. This is not just the instant for the ungodly to do something. I believe this is the instant. This is the moment for God's people to take a stand and to do something for God. Anna did not miss her opportunity. Here's why. She was prepared for it. She had lived her whole life for God. She departed not from the temple. She'd been praying. She'd been fasting. She'd been serving God. It's like this. I'll give you just a quick illustration. When I was growing up, I, I, I loved basketball. I played a lot of basketball with my dad. I played a lot with my little brother, uh, Joel, although he was four years younger than me. Uh, I played on basketball teams. I loved basketball. I would envision, and some of you sports people in here, you, I'm sure you did this. I would envision in the backyard, I'd envision what it'd be like to hit a game-winning shot. I'd, I'd, I'd do it out loud, not just in my mind. I'd do the buzzer. Five, four, three, two, one. Brick, you know. So, well, let's try that again, you know. Five, four, three. You know, of course, nobody's guarding me. You know, it's pretty easy when nobody's on you and it's your backyard, no pressure. But I'd, I'd practice it. When I was in high school, we went to a basketball tournament in Texas. And uh, I was only, I think I was in 10th, 9th or 10th grade that year. And we went to a basketball tournament. I was not nearly even close to being the best player on the team, but I was on the team and I was just glad to be there. How many of you ever played on a sports team like that? You were just glad to be there. You know what I mean? And uh, I was in the game. My buddy was shooting a free throw. We were down by one point. He had two free throws. There was just a few seconds left on the clock. My buddy Dave is shooting the free throw. And I, I should have been prepared better. I was just thinking, well, certainly he's going to make at least one. You know, I mean, one out of two. I mean, it's a free throw for crying out loud. You know, this is high school basketball. And so I'm standing there, uh, 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 there at the, the free throw lane. And I, I'm, I'm there and I'm kind of actually close to where he was. And I wasn't the first one down on the, on the blocks. And uh, he shoots the first free throw. And he bricks it hard off the back of the rim. I mean, it was terrible. It was awful. So much so that I'm standing there thinking, I can't believe the guy didn't make the free throw. And while I'm standing there watching all this happen, the ball comes right to me. Now, I wish I could say that I was ready for that. I wish I could say that, you know, uh, Mark, I wish, I wish I could have had some finesse like you do when you're shooting. I did. I got, I got the ball and I did the only thing I knew to do with the ball. I got it and I shot it. I don't even think I jumped. I mean, I think it was a flat-footed shot. I got it, and I shot it, and it went in. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was awesome. We won the game. The, the, the buzzer went off, and they're all tackling me, and I'm thinking, you guys don't know how lucky I just got. You have no idea. But can I tell you, that was something that I had done a thousand times in my backyard. I'd caught the ball and shot it. I'd caught the ball, and I, I'd, I'd done that before. So in that instant, in that moment, it was what I saw myself doing. It was what I dreamed of doing. It's what I wanted to do. Now, friend, I want to tell you, you may be here tonight and you've been waiting a long time. Maybe you've been procrastinating for a long time. Maybe you've been making excuses for a long time of why you can't serve the Lord and why you can't do what's right or, or why you can't be involved or why you can't be faithful or, or why you can't come to church or why you can't come to Sunday school or why you can't sing in the choir, whatever the case may be. I'll tell you this, you've got your reasons and Satan will add to that list. He'll tell you a lot more reasons why you can't do something for God. 
But here's what I see. Anna, in that instant, here's what the Bible says. She gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Israel. Number one, I'll say very quickly, in that instant, at that moment, Anna did not wait to touch the Lord. Now, the Bible does not say that she held him, although I think she probably did. The Bible doesn't say that. If Mary and Joseph would let Simeon hold baby Jesus, I think they would let Anna. I think she would have probably been a better candidate for holding the little baby. But Anna came to where Jesus was. She got close to Jesus. She entered the presence of the Lord. I'm sure that for Anna, she said, this is my opportunity to be with Jesus. And friend, I want to tell you, don't wait to get a hold of God. Don't wait to touch the throne of grace. Don't wait for an opportunity. Take advantage in this instant, in this moment. You see, had Anna not done it at that instant, there wouldn't have been another. Jesus was not coming back the next day. Jesus was not coming back the next week. This was the, the, the law. They were fulfilling the law by taking Jesus to the temple eight days after he was born uh, for this, uh, this moment. And Anna was there. Don't wait to touch the Lord. Don't wait to be with Jesus. Number two, quickly, don't wait to thank the Lord. It says in verse 38, she coming in, that instant she gave thanks likewise unto the Lord. I think she was giving thanks like Simeon was. She said, hey, Simeon, you're not the only one around here that's got something to be thankful for. Give me a chance. Give me a, an opportunity. I want to thank God too. You say, what was she thanking the Lord for? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the fulfilled promise of the Messiah. Maybe that after all these hundreds of years, maybe after the 400 silent years, that finally the promise of God uh, in due season, Jesus came, but she was thanking God probably for fulfilled promises. I think she was thanking God for salvation. She knew what Jesus was all about. She knew that Jesus, verse number 38, that he was the redemption. He was the savior. He was the redeemer. I think she was thanking God for the hope that Jesus brought for the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace and the love that was represented in that little baby. I want to say, don't wait to thank the Lord. You've got something to thank God for. I got something to thank God for. When was the last time you thanked God for the promises that he has fulfilled in your life? When was the last time you thanked God for the day you got saved? When was the last time you just thanked God that because he lives, we have hope, we have confidence, we know that this life is not all there is. We know there's a better life to come. We know that eternity awaits. Number one, don't wait to touch the Lord. Number two, don't wait to thank the Lord. But number three, I like this. Oh, I like all of them, but I like this one too. Don't wait to tell others about the Lord. Look what she says in verse, what it says about her in verse 38. She coming in that instant, right there at that moment, she touched the Lord, she thanked the Lord, and then she told others. It says that she spake of him. Who's she talking about? She's not talking about Simeon. She's not talking about Joseph. She's not talking about her husband that she had for seven years before he died. She's talking about Jesus. And she spoke of him. To all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Now, hang on. That sounds, uh, very, that sounds very complex. But let me put it into our language. She told everybody about Jesus. 
because everybody needs redemption. Everybody needs some help. And everybody in Israel, you know why they were there in the temple? You know why they were bringing sacrifices to the temple? Because they were waiting for the Lamb of God to show up. That's why they were offering sacrifices because they knew those sacrifices were just temporary. Those sacrifices were just covering. Those were just atoning sin for a while. But they knew that only the blood of Jesus would be able to forgive and cleanse sin once and for all. She told everybody about Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. She was telling everybody, I know who can help you. She was telling about Jesus. I'll say this, she did that in that instant. She did that at that moment. She didn't wait. She didn't say, when I get home, I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. She didn't say, next time I come to the temple, I'm telling everybody about this. She did it at that instant, at that moment, at that time. Maybe you're here tonight in the service. Maybe you're watching the service or listening to the service. And you think, I know I need to do something, but I'm not going to do it at this instant. I'm not going to do it at this moment. I'm not going to do it at this time. I'll do it another time. Yeah, you can say that, but you probably won't do it at another time. Have you ever known somebody that said, I'll get saved later? Isn't that amazing how later just never comes? It's amazing that when you put something off that you should do, it's amazing how it never gets done. If you're here tonight and you've never been saved, today is the day. Tonight is the night to get saved. If you're here tonight and you need to get right with God, tonight is the night to get right with God. You say at Christmas time, oh yeah, I can't think of a better time to get right with God than Christmas. Maybe it's time to get back to church. And I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir tonight. You're here, Wednesday night crowd. It's time to get back to church. Time to get back to Sunday school. Time to get back to Sunday night. Time to get back to Wednesday night. Whatever the case may be, if you don't do it now, you may never do it. Maybe now is the time to get involved. Maybe you used to be involved. You used to serve God. Maybe you used to pray. Maybe you used to read your Bible. Or maybe you used to be a witness. Whatever it may be, let's get back and let's do it now. The Bible says that she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. I say tonight, this is your opportunity. This is my opportunity. This is our opportunity to do something for the Lord. And let's not miss it. Anna was 84 years old, but that was not an excuse. Oh, I'm 84. Ah, I'll let somebody else do it. Oh, no. She stepped right in and said, I got to see this baby. I want to give thanks, and I want to tell somebody the good news of redemption. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.